Hi guys, this is David Negrin, host of the Script Podcast and executive director of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm excited to announce that we've created a Patreon campaign for the script. Patreon is like a Kickstarter, but it allows you to give ongoing pledges every month and receive ongoing rewards. Of course, the Script Podcast will continue to be free, but we're just asking for a little help. So please, check out all our rewards, join our inner circle. Become a patron of The Script Podcast at patreon.com slash the script. <gasps> my mom, my dad, I have a family. We will never forget you, Dory. What if I forget you? I miss them. You know what that feels like? Yes. Ah! Holy Neptune. All right. This is The Script. Welcome. The podcast for screenwriters by screenwriters, deepest story analysis anywhere on the internet. At the script, we believe that story moves pages, story moves product, and story moves people. Tonight, Finding Dory. And with me, our screenwriters, Alka Kushalani and Alec Pollock. Hello. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Finding Dory, our first sort of Pixar movie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, the artists uh, for Finding Dory, you know, it's great it, when you're looking into the who this is the who's directing, who's writing a Pixar film. There's so many additional writers on on the credits, and not in bad Hollywood way, in the good sort of collaborative screenwriting way, because. Pixar has this really um, sort of, it used to be uh, a unique script development process, but now it's a lot, it's, it's very similar to what they do on in the TV showrunner model. But for a long time, one of the reasons that Pixar uh, couldn't miss was because they spend so much time on stories. So they've, the, it's directed by Andrew Stanton, um, who directed WALL-E, Finding Nemo, the first one, A Bug's Life, and uh, unfortunately, John Carter. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, but he also wrote on Monsters, Inc. He wrote on Toy Story 1 and 2, and he's currently writing on Toy Story 4. So all the Pixar artists, they write on each, each other's projects. Um, the other credited screenwriter on Finding Dory is Victoria Strauss, um, who had a 2008 Blacklist script, The Seekers of Perpetual Love, uh, and she's writing a co- comedy called Overnight that's coming out. Um, but then there were two other credited writers, story by people, Bob Peterson and Angus McLean, and Bob wrote on The Good Dinosaur, and he wrote on Up, and he wrote on Finding Nemo, and Angus McLean was an animator. He was a Pixar animator, um, on Toy Story 2 and 3, Up, Wally, Ratatouille, The Incredibles, Finding Nemo. So, sort of the Pixar story runs through the veins of all the Pixar people. And when there's five people credited on a Pixar movie, it's because they spent time writing collaboratively, not like a Hollywood uh, feature script development process where it's people rewriting other people's stuff and producers firing one writer and then the other. Um, so I hope we get to talk about that tonight. Um, the other thing we might talk about tonight are Pixar's 22 rules of storytelling. Have you guys heard of these? Yes. The, the screenwriting uh, 
uh, in screenwriting circles. In 2011, one of the Pixar story artists, Emma Coates, posted her tweets, 22 sort of um, pieces of advice for script development, uh, Pixar style. And um, later it got expanded by a Pixar screenwriter named uh, Stefan Vladimir Bugaj. Um, but basically it's 22 sort of writing pieces of advice, writing uh, process advice uh, that they use in the Pixar writer's room, um, which resembles a TV writer's room. Pixar takes a year to outline their first treatment for a script. Um, and then they take three years to finalize it. And they do um, what they call reels, which is essentially full, uh, you know, hour and a half storyboard versions of the films, sometimes of, uh, between five and six full drafts of those before they go to full animation. And they're involving all these different writers all at the same times, and they're using these 22 storytelling rules. And maybe tonight, um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about a few of them, uh, in context of Finding Dory. Um, so, I think one of them that sticks out, just to start off with, is rule number 10, which was, uh, pull apart the stories you like, what you like in them is a part of you, you've got to recognize it before you can use it, and this is what we do on the script, right? We do. Uh, we do. We try to uh, learn from other people's successes and uh, mishap, mis missteps, let's say. Yeah, I mean, uh, we also we use rule number 20 a lot. Take the building blocks of a movie that you dislike um, and then figure out how you would rearrange them into a story you would like. You do that, you know, at the, at the collective, we do that all the time, right? Right. I mean, sometimes unwittingly, but yes. <laughs> right. It's right. also it's also much easier to see what's good or what's bad about somebody else's work rather than your own. Always easier. And you can always see, yes. Always easier. That's to, what we do here. Yes. Yeah. But criticize <laughs> other people's writing. <laughs> but what I often find is f being able to see these things in, in other people's work suddenly then reflects it back on everything that I'm working on because I've been able to see, like, wait a minute, I do the same thing. Or I've got a character that's in the same, in the same boat. How are they going to get out of it? Or how should they have gotten out of it? Yeah. And so in that sense, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's me doing my work. We're going to use the phrase in the same boat a lot tonight. We could. <laughs> okay. There was a, so many, uh, so many nautical puns in this film. So many <laughs> levels of, of uh, meaning. Well, um, usually we start out with uh, three up and three down, just like we do at the collective workshops. Um, anybody want to go first tonight? What they liked about Finding Dory, or, and what they what they thought needed work? Did you want to? I can jump in. Yeah. Alka's going to start us off. Get on board. And just a little hint. Get to, on board. To, <laughs> this is terrible. As to what I really thought of Finding Dory, mm -hmm. um, my one up, my top up in bold is Piper, the film that came before Dory. <laughs> <laughs> because the short. let me tell you, if that hadn't been there, I would have been pissed. <laughs> this this was like by far the highlight of my wow, viewing of this finding film. dory I that was hater already yes. why are we we started with all the kids out there going to sleep they're all they're no, going no, to bed no. now they need to know they need to know what is well, up piper was really cute and i shouldn't yeah. have mentioned that that's one of the great things about uh pixar being such an art art artist first 
yeah. uh, uh, development company and, and, and studios, they always put a short up first. They care about short, uh, short filmmaking. But so what about Piper? Um, I just thought it was adorable. <laughs> okay. I thought it was just the, the sweetest, simplest little film. I mean, it was about this idea. It kind of mirrors what's going on in Finding Dory in some ways, right? There's like another way, right? There's fear, and then there's another way. Ah. And, you know, I think it did it much more artfully, much more poetically, um, when you d in a very, like, beautiful way. Oh I thought God, the animation was gorgeous. was gorgeous. Yeah. It's so interesting that, I wonder if, they, if there are, uh, like, thematic similarities to the shorts that come before the mm. Pixar features. I've never, I've always thought they were sort of much Independent, different. yeah. But this one is actually competing. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, if you only do one up, then you only get one down. So. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'll do. Uh, I'll do others. Okay. Um, I love the Sigourney Weaver <laughs> bit. What I thought, was? Like, my I still am having trouble Weaver figuring it out because I just—it's like, why so is Ripley <laughs> at the aquarium? And every time that like mellifluous voice came on over the the PA, I was like so happy. It was just—it was beautiful. <laughs> and. Um, and uh, I liked, you know, a few of the jokes, like the locomotion, the that was something potion, that you know, like it was very signature Dory. Like if they had done more of that, yeah. I would have found it more winsome, you know, more engaging. And I didn't feel like there, there was wasn't enough Dory there wasn't isms. Enough, where was Dory? Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I'm still looking for Dory. Wow. Guys. <laughs> Bottom line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so those are my three. Lost at sea. <laughs> okay. Um, I um, I am. Uh, I want to go see the movie. Wait, we're doing ups first. Yes. Just gonna do ups. Yeah. Ups. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So I want to go see the movie uh, with my my wife and my daughter, Indy, and so I wanted to give my ups to Indy. Indy and I talked about the movie, and she gave me some great three ups. So my three ups are, are Indy's three ups, oh, um, which I thought is interesting, kind of getting the Thank three you, ups Indy. from uh, a five-year-old's point of view, yeah. going to see it, and uh, an really expert. keeping it really real. An Absolutely. Expert, yeah. Indy's a great story analysis analyst. So uh, three ups. Her three ups were one, uh, Baby Dory. Baby uh, Dory was pretty so adorable. Cute. I mean, next to Pipe, uh, Piper, Baby Dory. A little Dory manipulative, but yes. Yeah, I mean, talk about getting on board with a character easily. Yeah. I yeah. mean, you didn't have to save the cat. She was just like... Oh, my God. So adorable. So the way she talked, her voice, she was adorable. And her whole relationship with her mom and dad, you you were with her, at least, from the beginning. Yeah. Uh, two was Destiny and her reunion with Dory. We got Love to find out Destiny. the uh, the, the uh, source of uh, Dory speaking whale. The, the that was such the a great, such a call great callback. Call yep. Yeah, absolutely. And Destiny was fun. She had her own uh, disability that she was dealing with, so they had some bonding, and yeah. it was a nice little reunion that they had. Uh, and finally, Indy's uh, third up was all the friends Dory meets along the way, which I thought was also it was one of the trademarks of Finding Nemo, where you had all these great supporting characters that uh, help them along on their journey and I think they tried to replicate that as best best they could and perhaps went over the top a little bit but uh, again Indy loved all of the different characters that they met along the way the seals the the the, the, the birds everybody so so that's an interesting that you bring that up because I was um, and I'm the only one on the panel who doesn't have kids right and so maybe that's why you look so refreshed and <laughs> right, that's right. <laughs> your pores are so clean uh-huh right that's why I don't look <laughs> Right, like The Walking Dead. No, you guys look great. You guys look, yeah. All right, David, got go it ahead. together. I mean, it must, you must be on, drinking or something. Um, so, 
Uh, but to me, it's like uh, kids are so resilient. I have to remind myself of that. They can meet a bunch of friends and then next year they graduate and not be in a class with any of them and meet a whole new bunch of friends because I was so worried that none of the, f the fish from the tank from Finding Nemo were in this movie. <laughs> and I was like, ugh. But then, you know, you're, then Indy's like, I love all the new all people the new you people, meet yeah. along the way. And I think that's wonderful. Um, that's great. Indy, Indy is very good at making friends and excited about making friends. So there's a the reflection. There were some great new friends yeah. in this, yeah. My three ups. Yes. Okay. Um, I really loved just this one even more than Finding Nemo, Finding Dory had was a metaphor for special needs children. The, you know, the, you know, Pixar movies masterfully operate on two levels and not the adult level. We had even more of that in, in Dory than we had in Nemo. Um, Hank was missing a leg. Destiny was the nearsighted whale. Bailey was a, had broken echolocation. And I, it found me, um, the, the setup of Finding Dory had me thinking about Dory's um, disability. Uh, Dory's as a special needs child even more because we saw the parents struggling very much with that and I kept trying to figure out if there was a direct metaphor whether Dory was you know her short-term amnesia is not really that much of a thing I don't think that's a real uh, disability it's more of like it's storytelling mechanism that came out during the the moment, Memento era, or the Chris Nolan Memento era, but maybe it's a metaphor for an ADD child or a, a child with special needs who can't focus. Mm. Uh, so I, I thought that was wonderful and you know pulled the heartstrings for me all the way through, even with Dory as an adult fish. Um, then what's my other? Oh, I love the new setting. I was really worried in the the first twenty minutes when we were going on a journey in the ocean again. I was like, well, we already explored the ocean in Finding Nemo. Um, if we started exploring new ocean, I'm like, they came up with most of the best stuff, and that's where the aquarium comes in. And I'm like, you know what? That's a great storytelling choice. That's a way to make this film different from the last film. Um, we get to explore this new world. Um, which, on that adult level, again, am I the only one who picked up on that aquarium being, like, really poorly kept, like, sort of really kind of, like, bad place to be as an animal? Did you get that? That it was kind of sketchy. It was super sketchy, right? It was I feel kind like of that a, point of view was not strong enough for it was that. There. It was I mean, it, the comment was there. Visually, it was there. Yes, visually. It but was, it was visu not... It was all, everywhere you looked... The, the animals didn't seem unhappy to be there. In fact, in fact, you have what like about Hank, the poke? The, what do they call it? The, 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 the kids, the, the, the hands, the hands-on oh, thing, yeah. right? Where the kids get to handle the fish. It was like the most evil thing. And that's to all also of them. a callback to Nemo, where Nemo has that. Uh, he's in the dentist's fish tank, remember? Mm -hmm. And there's Darla, the child. who's like the, the picture of Darla, the, right. you know, horrific child who's the alternative, right. you know, to and, where he right. is and, now. And, and, or and, the open ocean. And the, the child who can't take care of a goldfish is one kind of nemesis, but the aquarium, Both. as in the era of Blackfish and SeaWorld, this was a huge commentary on aquariums, aquarium culture. Um, and I thought that was great that they got that in there, and they didn't ever say it. It was always visual. It was, it was there. Um, and I love Destiny. 
I wanted I want a Destiny movie. She was so she was funny, and she has this other disability that that's really a great match for Dory's disability, which makes them such good best friends. Like I want to see, you know, like uh, Destiny and. Dory's high school reunion, you know, like <laughs> that that like movie. Um, She's on Always Sunny in Philadelphia, right? Ah, uh, that's right, that's right. Not the whale, but not the whale. No. Uh, downs. Let's keep them to oh. three. Okay, Where let's keep them to I three. Begin? This is G-rated, <laughs> also. Um, I just felt like it was a joyless. <laughs> commercial enterprise from beginning to end. I mean, this was about like Pixar being in the sequel business now. That's what this was. And I felt like, you know, it was so, um, it was so driven by its own like need to please that I felt like all of it, you know, you could see the God in the machine. You could know? you be specific? You know, I would say like this idea of having short-term memory loss and relying heavily as you know in terms of plot on flashbacks. For God's sake, mm. what is that? Yeah. yeah. You know? Like I had no like once you start with the flashbacks from this person who cannot remember who it is her charm, it is her thing. Yeah. It's like, you know, I know you're giving that to me, the audience member, yeah. you know? And those flashbacks, you know, they they were like the worst thing that we know about flashbacks. They didn't, you know, uh, propel the story forward. Yeah. They, so those characters the, were so bland. Those I, parents, yeah, I mean, it, come on. Rule number 19 of the Pixar storytelling <laughs> rules is that coincidences to get characters in trouble are great. Coincidences to get them out of it are cheating. And I think there was a, a, lot. a lot more of the coincidences. A lot of that. There was plenty of, of getting them into trouble, too, but too much getting them out of trouble. And Dory's uh, memory slowly coming back um, was kind of the same thing again and again. And it was also like it defied that internal logic, right, of what we were watching. It, it just, it did not fit. Um, and I felt like the, I did not love that it took place in the Marine Institute mm -hmm. because it presented no danger. Yeah, it's a, not such a nice place, but I didn't yeah. feel it made, it took that position strongly enough. And there was no danger. Like in the first Nemo, they're like shark sharks there are nets there are boats there are you know like what have you yeah there's this the open ocean, ocean is a lot is scarier full of stuff and and we got to the marine institute like by the end of act one right yeah yeah which to me was like okay you know i, I couldn't even remember how we got there you yeah. know like it was i turned into dory what happened you know no you know i liked it as a mechanism because i didn't want to re-explore the ocean again but you're right the, the jeopardy was was not as high yeah yeah and i think i think wasn't one of the sea lions adris elba one was Idris yes. Elba, and the other was um dominic west when i heard of Elba, i was like he's gonna save us I, feel, I mean, there's no jeopardy if no. Idris is around, you know? I, know? I wish. Come on. I wish. Yeah. I love that it was a reunion for them, the two of them from The right. Wire. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> hilarious. Um, what else? And I felt like, you know, um, in terms of the character work 
in general, and this is my last down, but the character work was so deep in the first Nemo, right? We yeah. saw like causation from beginning to end. And here, I just felt like it was, we saw a plot, a plot moving forward, you know? And by the time the like octopus is driving the truck, I'm out. Octopus I'm done. drove the truck. Let's, I'm done. Let's put that one down. You know, like <laughs> I just and not you know. We're gonna we're gonna put not that not in a good way. Octopus drives the truck off the cliff. And if your octopus is driving a truck, yeah. you're in trouble. You're doing some crazy shit with your I plot. I would note. I would note that when he drives off the the bridge. He drives over, um, he, the, 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 the truck flies over all the fish, right? Um, including Destiny, who is a whale shark. So they literally jumped a shark <laughs> in Finding Dory. Beautifully done, David, beautifully done. Right. But I also feel like you can't do that without, like, can't you, you know, it wasn't even clever in that moment. Like I thought, what if, they had said to each other, something's crossed over in me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or some like wink to Thelma and Louise or something that they were doing, just something. It's like, mean, it, well, to, to like there, a little bit more whimsy. Driving a truck off a cliff, because the idea of driving a truck off a cliff is it's dangerous to do that. But if you have fish driving a truck off a cliff into water, that's not dangerous. Right. That's just going home. But why are they driving the I, truck? I, yeah, well. Why? Yeah, How? No, that that's really where I'm. I'm gonna agree with you. That, that in in Nemo, all of the parallels of the sea universe and the rules, um, they had uh, they had um, parallels that made sense, logical sense in the real world. Right? We could we could acknowledge them. They had. Uh, uh, Mr. Ray was running uh, the school bus. The yeah. school cool. bus, and um, uh, the the uh, crush was the the turtle who was the parent who was really good at letting their child uh, out of supervision and go with boundaries. Whereas Marlin had all his trouble because he had the trauma of losing his his wife and everything. So there was good parallels um, there, but. As soon as you took the fish, as soon as the fish were doing things out of water, you know, like even with the, the, the even with the with the tank driving the what was it the, the the stroller and then driving the truck that that really is really got sort of jumped the sh jumped the shark and it took me out of, it sort of broke the rules of the universe for me. Scientific point here: Aren't octopus water creatures? Like, don't they breathe underwater? You mean, like in real that's life? That's the problem. As a marine biologist, I'm <laughs> going to say yes. Right I'm going to say yes. Yes. And I don't think that they're all that they can transform like like chameleons they either. Can. Some you some, some species, yeah. yes. but most of them not really. But yeah, okay. So my downs were that same one, which is they when you when you start having you don't have real world parallels mm -hmm. for uh, the 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 fish universe it starts to feel like you're trying to impress us and i really feel the third act had a ton of that um my other down was i was sad that the fish tank animals didn't come back from nemo but i guess you know it's that's fine but they did um who after the credits 
Oh, I didn't see the. There was a post. There was a post credit. <laughs> yeah. I didn't see the post credit sequence. David had to jet. Oh man. I, <laughs> Available I on YouTube. So. Okay. Well, maybe oh. I'll get to that. That's. Well, I, I kind of wanted them in the movie, but. Yeah, well. <laughs> um. So did whoever did the post credit. Also, good to know. Um. Not enough Nemo. I know that Nemo was the star of the earlier picture. We got plenty in and. Finding Nemo had two, two plots. The A plot was actually Marlin mm-hmm. and Dory, and the B plot was Nemo getting out of uh, the fish tank, right. which was sort of a, your A plot for Finding Nemo was this odyssey, this journey, this hero's journey, and then Nemo had kind of a little heist movie going, right? The B plot right. was like a little heist movie. Yeah, and perfect. And in, in, this, in this film, it was reversed, right? Dory is on that journey, yes. and Nemo and... Marlin are trying to break in to the aquarium, a little heist movie guy. They don't have any kind it, of but any it, kind of thin. internal life. And it was okay, so there was thin. there was yeah. there was nothing there for yeah. Nemo and Marlin. They There's existed no. for Dory. Which is like, you know, come on, all those people in the room at Pixar, somebody had to say, like, don't they need their own little inner lives going on yeah, here? They, it was very retread. Go, you going know, very on the jo- I, I kept thinking, you know, uh, Dory's going to go without them. They're going to stay home for this movie. And I was going to be like, it would create the right amount of stakes. Dory should be on her own for this. Yeah. Because yeah. that is the real challenge. And, it, and they end up doing that, but then Nemo and Marlin are just off doing crazy beast stuff. But they think stuff. they're children in the audience, yeah. who, by the way, are have aged out. Like, the Nemo children have aged out. This is... Keep, uh, how many years later Dory. is it? It's like 13 years 13 later. 13 years later, okay. right. So, I um, had to beg my younger one to come <laughs> with me. She Who's was like, old? you can't, okay, you can't tell anybody I came with you. That was the deal. And she's so 10? She had, uh, she's 10. Okay, yeah, okay. and she was like, I mean, she enjoyed it. Yeah. But, sure she did. But she's very, like... You know, when I wanted to watch Nemo again and just like, let's refresh our memory. She was like, you're on your own, (laughs) you know. So this audience has like aged out, but they still this need to please that Pixar has. They're still feeding you like, oh, you came for Nemo 13 years ago. Here they are again. Yeah, they're not doing anything interesting, but they're familiar. So here you could you you could actually take all of their parts out of the story and it would not affect anything right a b story a b story is really supposed to cross it's supposed to be the midpoint it's supposed to be a catalyst at the midpoint and i i didn't i didn't feel that there maybe when we talk about structure we can talk about what what we think the midpoint Mm -hmm. for this movie was um but uh dory dory's a story and nemo and marlin's b story didn't really crisscross they weren't even they weren't all they were were necessary uh, was in the third act in the second ending, which was Dory finding, you know, saving them which after she found her parents. So it was a little. Uh, um, oh, and to uh, to uh, go back to the Pixar's Twenty Two Rules of Storytelling, telling number seven is come up with your ending before you figure <laughs> out your middle. Seriously, endings are hard. Get yours working up front. So that a little weak on that one here. Um, I go into my downs? Yes. Um, I'm going to do my downs in terms of the, the rules. Oh, you're a badass. Um, just uh, as I was going through He's them. prepared. A few, well, somewhat. Uh, a few of them really stood out to me. And one of them, uh, you already talked about uh, stakes. 
Um, and uh, there is one of the uh, rules, number 16, is what are the stakes? Give us a reason to root for the character. What happens if they don't succeed? Stack the odds against. This is something we do all the time, something we talk about all the time. It's not brain surgery, but it's great to see it here as one of the things that cements the Pixar process and what they think about. So what are the stakes here? I mean, the stakes here are Dory doesn't find her parents, which that means that she goes back to being the same Dory that she was at the end of Finding Nemo, which... And will she even remember? And is that r- terrible? Right, yeah. right. And <laughs> because yeah. will she remember the entire movie yeah. <laughs> that she had a whole journey and didn't find her oh, parents? Oh, she won't miss them. You yeah. know what I mean? In a perfect yeah. world, if that happened, she would not the, miss the them. The mechanism is that she gets hit early on in the head <laughs> and her memory is starting to return. That's the mechanism. She has this, and she has a dream where it gets jogged. Yeah. But yeah. the idea is the stakes there are, if she doesn't find her parents, she will be sad. And I think uh, sadness and you know, d- being depressed about these things is a, is a motivating factor, and it's a reason why people will do something to try to avoid that. But especially since she's already found a surrogate family yeah. in Marlin and Nemo. Yeah, but in a film, I think sadness has to instigate other action. It needs to be dramatized in some way, shape, or form. And where do we just see that in Inside Out? Ah. <laughs> sadness was one of the characters, yeah. and sadness had stakes. And it wasn't just she was just going to be sad, and that was what she was going to do. No, it, it was her effect. Sadness had power in Inside Out. Sadness actually had the greatest amount of power. Yeah. As as the as an antagonist in Inside Out. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Exactly. Which is a literal metaphor for what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Sadness should have the most power. But there were stakes for that. Sadness is actions, the actions that Sadness had in Inside Out caused all the problems that happened with the plot in terms of touching the, the, the memory. Yeah. Uh, uh, uh. You make a great point. And thinking about the way Inside Out ends, um, would it have been more transformative for Dory to go through the journey, not find her parents, and come to terms with it? Right? That would be the most logical journey in terms of what they set up and what they could deliver I mean it's not your feel good ending no but it is but but the good Pixar movies don't do that the good Pixar movies are the realistic earned earned endings and I and I think you know Dory um, you could look at her as uh, you know I was talking about the special needs metaphor but you could also look at her as the orphan metaphor and you know, the orphan being reunited with their parents, that's the fairy tale ending. Pixar right. is not supposed to do that, nope. right? right? They're better than that. Yeah. Well, and again, this leads to kind of my next my next down, and I, I looked at it as the uh, the number 10 that you were talking about. Um, pull apart the stories you like, which we always do. Um, what do you like? Uh, what you like in them is a part of you. You've got to recognize it before you can use it. Fine. I think it's something we always do in terms of pulling yeah. these things apart. Um, but one thing that I was putting out there is what you like about a movie might not be what you like about the sequel. Say and that again. It's so good. So it's this idea of what you like about a movie might not be what you like about the sequel. Yeah. Think about the great sequels that, that we've encountered. Are they the same movie as the, their predecessors? No. I mean, some of the examples... Empire. Empire Strikes Back, absolutely. But even like... The Godfather Part Two. Absolutely. Different kind go. of movie, exactly, which had a different structure and a different story. Um, even, uh, um, um, even Toy Story, I mean, talking in the Pixar world, mm-hmm. each of the Toy Story movies has had its own uh, I- story structure that's different and apart from the others. And I think one of the things that they really tried to do was have the same movie... And, and yeah. follow the same Try beats. to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. Absolutely. And what we were missing, though, uh, in this, I mean, I, I thought that The Wizard of Oz would have been a much better 
template for this kind of a story if she was trying to find her way home. It's a little bit different than what was happening with Finding Nemo. But what did you have in The Wizard of Oz is you had clear antagonists. And you had that in Finding Nemo as well. And in, in this movie, the, who was where the antagonist? Were yeah, there were where no were they? The there were forces of antagonism, but there was no antagonist in right. particular. And I understand well, there was a big so, internal story. So one of, the, one of the things people give Pixar movies credit for is not is creating antagonism without a personified antagonist, like A Wicked Witch of the West. And I think that's been a strength in some of their films before, but they've just done a really good job of more a series of smaller antagonists or antagonistic circumstances um, but I'm, I agree with your point entirely for example um, Inside Out I guess is a good example where yeah I mean let me, let me my favorite Pixar I mean Finding Nemo is my favorite Pixar there's no single antagonist mm-hmm. in yeah, Finding Nemo it's a Nemo. shifting antagonist right, shifting. moment to um, moment you've got Darla like Darla's an antagonist like yeah, right yeah, yeah but, but she doesn't come into like the third who, act but right? Marlin yeah and Dory have a shifting antagonist. Yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's the fisherman. Sometimes Dory it's the net. Provides the whale, antagonism, the but they are shark. high stakes of antagonists. They but, are. They're very I, high stakes. I wanted to see. You know what I want to see? Death. I want to see the squid. Like that squid was just like this in in Finding Dory. There was that mo- moment with the squid with the big tankers. Hank? No, no, no. The squid, not the octopus. Oh, there was that the giant was squid, good. which yeah. was this it dramatic didn't come moment. Back. I thought that would come back. I totally thought it would too. I thought it was going to take over the aquarium totally, or something. Totally, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Total setup for that. Yeah. Have him show up. Have him, him want to get revenge for a losing mon- a tentacle mon- there. Or monster movie ending totally. where the, the squid destroys the aquarium that's abusing the animals. Such a fantastic setup. <laughs> and totally gone. Like, totally not even, yeah. like, anywhere. And again, I even thought that Hank might have been, like, you thought he was going to be a good guy, we but didn't then he get turned around. I thought he was going to be a bad guy. Yeah. I thought, yeah. He was, I thought the whole um, uh, tag thing was going to be a trick. A ploy like that the tag was a good thing and he was telling yeah. Dory it was a bad thing or vice versa. It turned out he was just cranky. Cranky. He was hanky. depressive. Yeah. He, yeah, he was like Yeah, depressive. he was like a neurotic yeah. depressive. Yeah, yeah. and he didn't have like um, I mean he provided some help to her. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a uh, weaker. Here one more. Yeah. Uh, the last one that I've got um, uh, from the rules, number six of the Pixar uh, uh, story list is what is your character good at, uh, comfortable with? Throw the polar opposite at them, challenge them, how do they deal? Uh, and I don't think they really did that. I mean, this was all about what Dory was bad at. So what is Dory good at? I don't know. I mean, Well, there's this moment, right, where they're talking about what would Dory do? He, you know, yes. Marlon kind of says to her, like, I always think, what would Dory do? So, and I was like, what would Dory, you know, like, what does that mean? Well, he's saying, what, w- what would Dory, because she's wild, a girl and she's with crazy no memory, and, and who's completely just keeps ADD. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think it, it was very plotting. You know, this whole thing about this this character, and yeah, it was like, what, 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 what would my if I lost my toddler at the supermarket, what would they do? Oh, they're in the sugar cereal aisle. That's you know, like that's not that's not thoughtful character like interaction. Right. Um, I think. I like what both of you have said, by the way, better than this film. I like this idea of <laughs> Wizard of Oz, and I like the orphan story. Yeah. I think both of those would have been better templates. The, the, the best yeah. emotional moment for me was when uh, Dory realizes, says to her parents, I have, a, like, I have to go find my other family or, or something like that. Yeah. That should have been the ending. She shouldn't have found her parents. 
she should have found like her cousins or whatever. This and they is say, what family And they is. say, yeah. come with us. Family is what you make it. You know, and, right. You know, and, and they, ki- they kind of get to that in Nemo, right? When Dory and Marlon are together, mm-hmm. you know, he takes on a bit of a father figure role. This is also from my daughter, you know, yes. who was like, you know, no, I, I was thinking like, I was asking her, who are Dory and Marlon yes. to each other? Yes, I'm very curious. Not, what do you think? So she said that he was a father figure okay. to Dory, and he took on that role in Nemo. From in Nemo. In Nemo. Okay. And so that, and I said, but in this movie, I did not see that. Okay. I was like, what is their relationship? You know, other than they, I had a different interpretation. Together. They could have gone to different places. I want to hear what you think is the nature of Marlon and Dory's relationship in Nemo, and then Dory. I think the three of them form a family. Yes. You know, Marlon and Dory are partners, and they've got yeah. Nemo, and they raise Nemo like, together, and each I give Nemo different that's things. That's what like, I thought. In Nemo, by the end of it, it felt like to me that Dory was like a stepmother, yeah, a second wife to Marlon, and that and Nemo, you know, really <laughs> liked his stepmom. And his stepmom was quirky, but Marlon needed somebody. I feel somebody. like his stepmom was a teenager. This is like... <laughs> so, but they... they, they, they that's the problem. Each other, right? That's Don't, the problem. They, they complete they, each other. The problem is that they, bound, they bounce back and forth. They definitely a, are familial. You know, like, I think we're on the same... But I yeah. think that Dory is not somebody who, um, you know... I, I don't see her being, like, maternal. She, is she maternal? That is what I was saying when I when I when I when I uh, said there wasn't enough Nemo in this. I would have loved to see a lot of Dory Nemo time. We have about twenty. We have about five minutes. They of that. have no connection well, look, because yeah. her connection yeah. is to Marlin. Here's yeah. a question: look, When when you, when we're structuring stories, we have a goal that our protagonists are going after, and it's never satisfying when the protagonist gets the goal, right? And yes. the goal turns out to be everything they always dreamed it to right. be. Like right. the what, way they what, set out, what they set out to get. They're supposed to get what they need, not right. what they that expect. Al- that always happens. And even like when they get to where they want to go, like easily, everything happens so easily in this movie. Right. Right. right? There's conflict you get issues, to this yeah. marine institute where your parents happen to be. You get to the ocean where you need to be. You know what I mean? You get everything happens without. Obstacles, mm-hmm. or you, you know, or real. No, in, in compared obstacles. to Nemo, you felt like they were at, you know, hanging on by the skin of their. It was life the or death. The scales of their yeah. teeth, or whatever, like the whole Old time. Yeah, yeah, and I'll give you that. Um, but back to this familial idea, I think the thing that creates emotional connection in storytelling, in screenwriting fiction, is surrogate family structures, mm-hmm. right? And un- unless we understand what each person is to the other in a familial uh, structure, we don't see the connection, which is why we loved Destiny. Destiny was Dory's long lost sister. And when they got back together, started talking whale, started helping, that was a really great connection. That worked so well, right? Um, We don't understand her relationship to Marlon. Is she Marlon's new wife? Or is she a special needs child that Marlon's taking care of? We don't see a lot of her in Dor- uh, Nemo at all. What is their connection? Um, and what's her connection with Hank? I don't know. Like, Hank is kind of, like, manipulating her into doing all this stuff. Like they're partners, you they're know. Like she partners. strikes a deal with mm-hmm. Hank. Yeah. He wants the tag. She's got the tag. And then they were supposed to 
go their own way. Yeah. But there's this moment, and a lovely moment, by the way, which was unearned. But one of the lines <laughs> that I did like was she, when they're about to say goodbye to each other, she says, I'm going to remember you. And oh, it's yeah. so simple. And that's the kind of Pixar stuff that you just like, ugh, I want it. It's good. But, it's, but that's what we were getting it. at. We, want, we wanted that in the main plot from the major characters, not from the Hank guy, right? We wanted, we wanted, we wanted Dory to think that of her parents or her new, her new blue family and go back to, to her, her other life that she's made. That was what they were really going for. That is what the heart of it should have been. Right. Which is the journey, new friends, new family. Scarecrow, I'm going to miss you the most. Most of all, yeah. yeah. And I'll never forget you. Uh, but I'm going back to where my rightful family is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. On the farm in Kansas. So. That's too good. We should just go out right there. <laughs> no, let's do some structure. Let's do some quick structure. We don't need to do uh, a lot of times we do a lot of, like Blake Snyder beats. Why don't we just do setup, theme, inciting incident, break into two, uh, fun and games, bad guys close in, midpoint, all is lost, break into three. All right, that's a lot anyway. So <laughs> why that's don't we? All the structure that's all. we know. That's, that's like <laughs> everything. Just like <laughs> uh, Fifteen points. That's all. <laughs> Setup. Uh, what I have. I'll start with setup, and then uh, this structure princess can take over. <laughs> That's Alka's nom de podcast. <laughs> Thank you. I love that we we revisit um, the collision with Marlin. We actually get sort of a retread of Finding Nemo. Uh, we get to f- we find out what happened to Dory originally that she's had this disability since she was a child uh, that she had parents who tried to care for her try to protect her um uh and who were really boring yeah unfortunately um and land Levy and people Diane Keaton, right? like yeah no you could really use love. um the what else is in the setup She says, I have short-term memory loss about 50 times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dory is, it's, it, Dory is sort of uh, got, she's, she's an addition to, to the school bus now. Um, so she's kind of an adult fish, but she's going to school with Mr. Ray and all the kids, and she's getting lost. So there's kind of a special needs child thing going on, or an adult with special needs who's finding a place or doesn't have a place. And um, Marlin's still doing the same thing. He's got, we've got, you know, we've got a home. We've got Nemo. Uh, Nemo's a little bit, I don't know what Nemo's doing either. I mean, they have a family. That's the setup. They have the family. It's a year later from finding Nemo. Um, and Mr. Ray says they're going to take them to see the Ray migration, which is a great set piece, by the way. Visually, like, yeah. I love that. Gorgeous. Um, and when we get to the migration, um, Dory uh, gets caught in the undertow and hits her head, and the beginning of her memory starting to come back comes from a series of triggered sort of statements that her parents have said to her. So that's our inciting incident? I think that's the inciting incident, yeah. Um, the migration is also... Uh, where our theme stated is. I believe Mr. Ray says migration is about going home. It's about where you're from, right? Um, 
And then there's sort of a secondary theme later about uh, all the special needs animals. Uh, you can accomplish whatever you put your mind to because Dory finally finds her way to her parents, even though finding her way and remembering things and unlocking a mystery would be something very difficult for her. But that's what I got for setup, theme stated, and then inciting incident. I miss anything? You're good? I'm good. All right. Break into two? Um, the break into two is when Dory is picked up by the Marine Life Institute. Okay. So she is on this uh, quest to get to Morro Bay, and they get there very <laughs> easily, lickety split. Yeah. Well, if they if they had gone through the ocean, it would have been Finding Nemo again. So they had to, they couldn't do more ocean, which is I'm glad they didn't. I don't know. I mean, I think it's like they there should have been something. Yeah. There, it, it definitely felt like. You know, how do we get here? For me, it was uh, disorienting. They got like, with Crush and the other turtles, and, and they got on the. Yeah. They got there, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, um, yeah, so she's picked up in this little six pack thingy, and she is taken into the institute while um, Marlin and Nemo are left behind. Um, then you have the B story, right? Yeah. So our B story is Hank. Or is it Marlin and Nemo? I mean, structurally, it seems to be Hank is when, that's when Hank comes in. That's when yeah, that's where Hank comes in. But I say this with a question mark uh. because that B story is like, you know, it's paper thin. It's not. It's just more of a C. Uh, you're right. The structurally, like uh, a mentor would show up and uh, the dynamic between them mm -hmm. would propel the movie yeah. forward. Um, I don't know. Is is but so is Marlin and Nemo. That's yeah, paper but, thin. But that, that's got even. That's the trouble. We get we have a lot more screen time with Marlin and Nemo trying to find Dory, so that's more of a solid B story. The real the real test for the B story is when it does it cross with the A and incite the midpoint, and then cross with the A and incite the break into three at the All Is Lost. So is it Cleveland? I think then it's Hank. Yeah. Hank crosses at the midpoint, right? I okay. mean, it's like... I want to hear what you think the midpoint is, but we'll get there. We'll get there. But is it the Cleveland story? Like, that, that whole aspect of Cleveland, is that part of Hank's story? The idea that this truck is going to Cleveland and Hank wants to be on it? Uh, yeah, that, I think the it's the deal. The truck does come back in the end I and think going to Cleveland. Yeah, I think it's the deal, they, the bargain they make, mm -hmm. you know? Like, uh, Hank is this octopus who is neurotic, depressive, and does not want to be... <laughs> released you know dude. like uh sigourney weaver's whole thing is what is it uh rescue release. rescue rehab rehabilitation release, release. right which, which sounds like so dystopian to me <laughs> like that whole place is a dystopian like like post-apocalyptic sea I wish world i had more of that i wish there was like you know i wish those animals were not so helpful i wish those animals presented bigger obstacles so yeah. we really did get that point driven home yeah. that this was not a good place i or thought we were gonna find out that cleveland was like a meat grinder and it very well could be because they never we never get there well, again a better movie yeah well, <laughs> one other thing to think about what's what's the other you know most famous animated movie about the ocean and fish. It's the Little Mermaid. Yes. Ah, okay. So yes. now, what's the big, you know, moment of fish uh, challenges? The kitchen. 
is a restaurant that's uh, in there when the crab is threatened to be you know chopped up and made part of dinner which is taking the real world putting putting the characters from the sea into the real world yeah. it's not letting them drive a truck <laughs> or a stroller right yeah yeah um so that's the B good, story in my mind. Good, is, good point. Is uh, the tag, Hank, uh, and Dory? Um, they they strike this. Deal. You're right because it does it does incite the third act. When we get to the mid, what do you think the midpoint is? I, I think the midpoint is um, she gets home and there's nobody there. Right. Okay. And. I'm wondering if Hank crosses with that at all. Yeah, because then Hank is like, let's get out of here. Let's go. Uh, I mean, he gets her there, essentially. He gets her there, and then they leave. Like in the stroller and the sippy cup. Like, Hank is very instrumental in her reaching where she needs to go. That That makes a good point, because then a lot of times at the midpoint, characters diverge, right? We lose... Obi-Wan, you know, you start to get towards your all is lost. Well, it's also the point of no return. And right. I guess, is it that moment where he kind of like, you're ready, and she's in the cup, and he's, he's going like, to drop I'm her I'm going to remember you. It's yeah. that, it's, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to remember you. That's the moment. When he gets her to the open ocean, and then... The open ocean exhibit, she, which was confusing to me, by the way. Every time they said it, I was like, well, she's going back? <laughs> no, open the ocean, ocean open. Exhibit. <laughs> we all turned into Dory in this movie. Uh, <laughs> I was all like, how did we get here? Was that really the midpoint? Like, like time-wise, was that really the midpoint? Yeah, it sounds I, right to me. I mean, I think the midpoint of her kind of, the midpoint being this, really long. this place where you kind of have to change direction. Sure. Then it's like, if you've if your goal is to get home and nobody's there, that home does not exist. Exactly. Her, her goal was to get home, and then they said, no, you've got, your parents went to Cleveland. And yeah. so she's like, well, maybe I need to go to Cleveland. and Or, mm. you know, so. Right. Uh, no, that's a great point. Okay. And um, does Hank help her get to the fish tanks that are going to Cleveland? Or does he just, when does he show up and start driving things again? Literally driving? Almost, yeah, yeah both. Drew, <laughs> yeah. I think I think it's in the third act. They're like unified again in the yeah, third he, act. Yeah, he helps uh, get her along, and then she kind of takes off on her own. He follows her. Yeah, so in the bad guys close in. It's it's more destiny and uh, uh, Bailey helping. Yeah, because she gets lost in the pipe system. Yeah, and that's all bad guys close in because the bad guys here are is her sense of forgetfulness and the fact yeah. that she can't remember her which way got through. a little repetitive right it got very repetitive yeah. it was the same thing i was saying to david earlier i think in fact that whole notion where she got the instructions of how to travel through it was like left left right it was like the same instructions yeah, you can't do that more challenge. than once and we did it in nemo uh, but they they tried to re- to add new antagonism for dory's particular problem um but no squid. I never got to... Rem- uh, yeah, no no killer squid. That should have... I love that if the killer squid got loose and started, like, taking over the aquarium. Oh, and, man. you know, that would be awesome. Um, Dory's uh, special superpower, by the way, is what? Does anyone remember? What's the one thing Dory has? Uh, she can speak whale. <laughs> she can speak whale. No, she can read English. 
She can read. Uh, she's the only fish who can read English, and that's in Nemo and Dory. Yeah, she can read the map, and yeah, she can read the map. Not that, why would that help her? Well, it's it's. You know? she, Hank gets her to the map. She yeah. can read the map. Then they find the open ocean exhibit. So they did a job. Uh, they created for a very kind of traditional um, scavenger hunt mystery, right? Very like Goonies, super scavenger hunty for. Dory to find clue, 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 and every time she needs a new clue, she has a memory <laughs> that gives her the next clue. Right? So a little lazy there, but just one thing about the, her being, you know, her superpower being that she can read. Yeah. I think in order to establish a superpower like that, you need to see the normals. Like you didn't see the other fish having yeah. a problem because they couldn't read. Mm -hmm. I only because I watched Nemo right before I watched Dory. There was a whole scene where we Marlin and Dory get teamed up, you know, how partners have to be locked together. Um, they team up because Dory can read the goggles and they're chasing right. the goggles with uh, P. Sherman Wallaby way on them the whole, for, for a while. That's what teams them up. Um, the same way uh, Hank and Dory, yeah. Dory are teamed up, but sort of artificially with this tag business, which doesn't really pay off. So fun and games, do you want to do some fun and games? We jumped sure. ahead, but uh, sure. throw in uh, some fun and games. We'll revisit the midpoint, then we'll get to the third act. Um, and then we'll do Q&A. There were uh, sea lions. There was uh, what, what kind of right, right. the crazy-eyed Becky, the bird, the mangy bird. Oh, wait, it's scary. Who was... It was like infrared vision. I love that. Yeah. I, I really thought... It was like, dark. I wish it was, there was more of... Becky, you know, Becky was... She never spoke, right? Becky was dangerous. And yeah. Becky was like, you know, like you didn't know whether Becky was going to be on your side uh -huh. or was she going to land you in something else, which I loved, you know, which is like... That's, that's, that's a much better um, mentor than Hank, right? Who's like, this, 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 this Becky's nuts, right? Yeah. And well, she, she seems to be. Her characterization is that she's nuts. Yeah, Everything right. she did worked out just fine. Subconscious. Yes. So she uh, did get uh, distracted by popcorn. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which was great. Which is so, you know, again, using, using the anthropomorphized animals, but then bringing them back to their roots. Yeah. I think uh, that that was, you know, like there was real... Uh, logic there, you know. I mean, it was it it made a lot of sense to have Becky characterized as she was, and then um, there was all this Hank getting Dory around in a stroller and oh, a sippy if, cup. Oh, if I if I might um, go back to the uh, rule number five in the Pixar Twenty Two Rules of <laughs> Storytelling is simplify, focus, combine characters. Maybe if we combine Hank and Becky. Becky, we would have had a really great mentor B story. Or horror movie. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but Dory would have been cool with it, right? Yeah. If, if Dory's partner was like a scary, yeah. crazy person, she would have been like, okay, yeah, yeah keep, sw keep swimming. You yeah. Know? Yeah. That would have been fascinating. We would have been talking about this movie. Like, like Dory teamed up with almost like a homicidal sort of... <laughs> Uh, right. a partner and uh, it's helped her find her home. We're in silence. And story. later, and you know what? And then, then at the end of it, they could have like 
you know, quarantine that animal for being dangerous to the other animals and taking it away. And she could have been, bye, I'll never forget <laughs> you. But we would have been like, you know, this animal is dangerous to, to children and other animals and humans. Yeah. And yeah, and, and misunderstood. Oh, right. so that's a much better idea. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Done. Silence of the Dories. Yeah. That, fantastic. <laughs> right. So. And the hands and the kid zone is also in this. Oh, yeah. This is, I, I loved this little set piece, right? Yeah. yeah. So the, uh, one of those moments in the after they're trying to get where they're get going and I can't remember how they ended up in the kid zone because they were in the gift shop two seconds ago and then they're in the kid zone. I don't know how they got there, but they're there. And there are all these hands coming down underwater to grab the animals. Awesome. And it was beautiful. It was real, like it was danger. You know, that's why you felt for them. It's like, finally, oh, they got to sweat a little. It was 10, uh, what's the little girl's name from Nemo? Darla. It was like 10 Darlas (laughs) all like playing with them. And I love that characterization. That feels like fearless storytelling, you know, where you're actually taking on your audience and like, you know. All right, our, our midpoint, again, was the uh, Hank gets her, gets her to, to open ocean exhibit. Bad guys close in becomes what? Um, Lost in the pipes. Undertow. Uh, the crabs tell her that all the blue fish are in quarantine and headed to Cleveland. Mm-hmm. But she... She now wants to get to Cleveland, but she's given away her tag. And then she gets lost again. Um, and then Bailey uses the location to get her out. Right, so Bailey like s- just like instantly sort of gets his echolocation back. He, it, it was he like, can it, do it. Yeah, it was the he in- can, information yes, that he, he never can. lost it. He just It was like a psychological. It was totally psychological. See, I would have liked to see him earn it back. Totally, yeah. You know? Do something. Because, yeah. because Destiny operated with her disability the whole time right yeah so i, I just, just they were funny the two of them were pretty funny they were they were funny they were funny but I, underdeveloped you know, just, the, exactly yeah. it's the extent of it I, it just struck me what movie would have been a possible template for this do you guys know the movie u-turn i don't check out this movie Stumped. it's it's sean penn mm-hmm. and jennifer lopez Oh. What? Yeah, and uh, Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> is one of the antagonists. Is that like? It's is it like? Uh, okay, I think I'm missing the, it. They're yeah. stuck in this small town in the southwest, and just they can't get out of the town. Things just keep well, what's the detail getting wrong. Things just keep getting wrong. Yeah. Throughout the whole thing, but it's the extent to which things go wrong to trap them well, there. That, and that's that's look that's that's screenwriting, you know. Period. Right. Um, I think, I think the stakes... If Pixar has a secret weapon, um, it would be represented in Pixar's rule number 12, <laughs> which is discount the first thing that comes to mind, yeah. and the second, and the third, and the fourth, and the fifth. Get the obvious out of the, why, out of the way and surprise yourself. A lot of Pixar's successes previously is this secret weapon. They spend so much time hammering their story that the scenes end the way you don't expect them to. It's what Robert McKee would refer to as a gap in expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- I've heard this referred to as the hardest thing in screenwriting. But I think, yes, creating plot where that the audience doesn't see coming is the, one of the hardest things. I think what's even harder is what you were saying earlier, which is attaching an emotional connection 
to those conflicts as well. Oh Not God. just every scene having an ending that's different, but every scene having an emotional charge. Yeah. And, and again, I, we were talking about it in context of Zootopia, which I'm just Zootopia. so taken with these days as th this film, again, not just as a kid's movie and not just as an animated movie, but yeah. every single scene in Zootopia turns on this emotional charge. And I'm just, I've been so into watching that and, and uh, appreciating it with Indy that seeing Dory now just didn't have that. It was missing that, that emotional charge. Which is so ironic because it's all built on this emotional story yeah. of this little girl trying to find her way. It's unfortunate. Um, can you give us an "All Is Lost"? Um, the "All Is Lost" is uh, when Dory is at the quarantine area. I think. Right. She sees all the fish are in tanks. Kind of like her cousins. And her parents are not there. Um, and someone says to her your parents never came back from quarantine. Mm -hmm. So there's that whiff of death. You got it. And um, then, you know, she's back on the move, like, looking for help. And, again, forgetting what and who she's looking for. Mm -hmm. Is there any new information that she finds that breaks her into the third act? Um, is there a new is it when she finds the shell, the path of shells? Yes, there it is. So, I mean, she has the memory right. again. This this mechanism. She has the memory that uh, there's always a second way, and then the shell path itself. But again, it's coincidental. It's she coincidence, happens yeah. to stumble upon it. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like a cross with the yes. the, the, the B story. New information like is often a coincidence, but they've been using it so much it's in the movie up until now yeah. that it felt uh, like they couldn't earn it. Uh, break into three is what, I guess, turning to... She finds her parents. Well, the, the, the following the shells to find her parents. Right. Right. But then our third act is what? The finale with the car chase. Yes. So the octopus drives. So as far as I truck. count it, there's sort of three endings. Please straighten me out. One is... Um, Dory finding her parents, finally. Mm -hmm. Movie could have ended there. Mm -hmm. Second ending was now that Dory's found her parents, she has to go deal with Nemo and Marlin, who have somehow gotten kidnapped and their lives are in danger. Um, and then the third sort of beast story, the, the one that has to do with the creatures of the aquarium is that they get returned to the wild, right? Isn't that what the whole truck thing is, you know? They all go, they get they get returned to the sea, uh, released as it were. Yeah, and mainly Hank. I mean, that was the thing that she was trying to convince Hank to be free and not mm -hmm. think that life in what, a glass box. What bottle. was in Cleveland? <laughs> what happens See, in Cleveland? If we had gone all the way with the dystopia, Cleveland should it should have been Soylent and Green, right? Like, <laughs> like they should right. like Cleveland should have been a meat grinder, and then like you know. Hank and everybody should have found out, and then they should have had to escape the horrible humans and free the, but release themselves. They didn't themselves. take that. They didn't go. They all didn't that take way. that strong stand. I mean, it's hard in a Pixar movie to go that dark. Um, but the fact, uh, uh, you know, I don't know. Up was pretty dark in when it needed to be. Inside Out went pretty kind of to dark places in the human. Yeah, I, like I, that's the thing. Like you were saying, Pixar's not afraid to go. Look at Toy Story. They were like went through hell. Li it, like literally went through hell in Toy Story Three. It was amazing. I think that the the, the best compromise they could have made was have Dory's parents not 
be alive or have been dead or we find out that they are actually dead and then she has to save Nemo and Marlin, yeah. who are her real family anyway, and then she gets to say goodbye to she her new friends. She makes her own family, yeah. you know? Right. I Which think is that, a better... is the, that is the earned ending right. in all of this. Because, because all, get... these pe- all these animals helped her, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. And, like, it seems kind of unfair that she would just toss that out for, you know, okay, now I have to go off looking for Marlin again. Mm. Now I have to go to my parents and none of you matter. You know what yeah. I mean? Did any of them get out? Did did anyone get free? Uh, did, did Destiny and, and Bailey get freed? It's Not hard to th- know. We don't know. It's hard we to don't know. know. And I hope they don't make a sequel. And I hope they don't, like, I hope they don't make <laughs> I, we're, I guess we're moving along to summary <laughs> yeah. thoughts here. <laughs> um, really, it's clear really that don't. they want to make a sequel. Yeah, they Pixar will. movies comes in, come in threes. Toy Story's doing a number four. So, um, Breaking the three, any comments on the third act? Uh, I mean, we should have been a completely different third act, basically. <laughs> like yeah. just, it was tacked it, on. It just did not feel organic. Didn't feel it was part of what was going on. It didn't feel like any of the setup from everything else that had happened came back. Let's go back to that graveyard where the squid was. You know, that was such a setup location that I was waiting for something to happen oh, wow. there and call and it back. Didn't come back. Nothing yeah. happened with that. The turtles didn't show up. I again. mean, like, there was like just, I said, we we jumped a whale shark. We jumped right? a whale shot. Um, but, you know, the truck thing itself reminded me a lot of uh, Indiana Jones, you know, seeing like Spielberg when he's got all the, the, the truck uh, action sequences. And uh, the fourth Indiana Jones uh, had a jump the shark moment. They call it nuking the fridge. Remember? <laughs> Indiana Jones. Did you see the fourth I, one? I Kingdom did not of the... see the fourth one. Yeah, but all, all of that stuff that you're talking about happens in the, the beginning of the second act. And That's the fourth all fun one was considered yeah, it be. the worst, oh, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The fourth Indiana Jones Yeah, it's not acknowledged by like, most. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, not, yeah. it's not canon. The closing image, though. Shouldn't be. Right? The yes, closing clo- image okay, when, when they are at the up. end. Well, uh, just at the closing image, they're back home, right? And Dory goes out to the edge to look out at the view. Mm-hmm. And that they, they, we close on that and everything is well and good. And it's Marlon and Dory together kind of looking out and she's back home with her new family. Right. Again. Again. And she has, a, she what's from. her last line? It's a... Uh... It was like about how really beautiful it is. And yeah, it really is. Or I remember, there's another like I remember I uh, reference. Because um, the opening image is little Dory not yeah. remembering anything. Unforgettable. Right. Uh, unforgettable. Excellent. Right. Yeah, yeah, it's unforgettable. It's beautiful. It's unforgettable. Right. So the opening image is l- cute little Dory with her parents. Mm. Uh, can't remember anything. And then it's more mature Dory after the journey with Marlin back looking at that the scary open ocean, which continues to be open. After Dory's parents and Nemo's parents, everybody, they've got this whole huge family. And all of a sudden, uh, Mr. Ray is not teaching, and Hank is the teacher now. So, yeah, okay. (laughs) All right, we covered that. Um, I want to thank the members of our audience who came out tonight and anyone online. Let's do a few minutes of Q&A. We've talked long enough. down front, my friend, our biggest fan tonight. <laughs> Can you you have a question for us on Finding Dory or anything you heard tonight? Um, you've been preparing all night. <laughs> I have, and I've been fighting a lot. Um, 
Um, so you said that, um... Yeah. So, the B-plot was... So I haven't seen the movie, so you said that the B-plot was uh, Merlin and Nemo trying to find Dory. And you also said that, like, they could also just have easily wrote them out. Because mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess, sorry, like, what, what would... Do you think that, uh, if they did take it out, do you think it would be a solid movie without a B-plot, or would you have someone else? Right, so the question is about the the Marlin and Nemo subplot. Would removing the Marlin and Nemo subplot, even though it would take out the, the two named characters of the film, would it have made it a better story? It would have made it more economical, and it would have fit yeah. as a half-hour episode of the Nemo television show, which this probably No, you'd still, this was an hour and 45. You could have done this in 90 minutes, um, and we could explore the dystopic ending with the swirling and green grinding. I also think it would have freed everyone up to tell a better story. Agreed. I think Nemo is baggage, you know, and I think that that's... <laughs> That's the Fish problem. Baggage. He he Clownfish he's baggage. like a big old suitcase that you just like you you just need to do away with it. You know, my daughter spotted something in this film. I don't know if you guys did, um, but there's this moment where they're actually on the road in the truck, and um, they screech to a halt, and there's a family in a station wagon, and it's the girl from Inside Out. Oh, it's Riley. Yeah. And I, when we're talking about getting away with, uh, you know, doing away with Nemo and Marlin and freeing this up, I mean, I could have lived with it being like a cameo appearance, right? From, from Nemo and Marlin, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that would be fine. But again, it's like this pleasing, this cloying, pleasing quality that a lot of Pixar films have. It's like, you know, we're going to give you exactly what you want. Yeah, it goes you know? back to what, what Alec was saying. You know, sequels don't necessarily have to be what you loved about the original. And audiences are so smart, you know? Yeah. That's the thing, is this movie was dumb. It was well, actually... It tr- I would say it treated us like we were dumb, a little bit more, it was, which is more of a Hollywood movie. No, but it and was... And what we've come to expect from Pixar is that they 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 treat their audience with more uh, respect. Right. And yeah. this this was just one of those things where I think if if it had been like its own thing, like I, I even a prequel. Yeah. You know. Um I think it was they loved that device of starting with, you know, how they met, how Dory and Marlon met and, you know, like that mm, was yeah. the the thing. But I think what if they had gone into yeah, the year before that? Because Dory, Dory was the third character in Finding Nemo. So, you know, Marlin could have been the third character in Finding Dory, and right. Nemo could have been a cameo, and we could have been fine with that. Um, any other questions from the audience, my friend? Uh, yeah, it's more of a comment, but mm-hmm. I'd like to hear what you guys think. Um, one thing that I thought was interesting about the film that I didn't explored enough was this idea about being present, about how Dory was always trying to reach for something that she couldn't get or couldn't have. Instead, she tried to um, focus on the now, what she could remember right in front of her. And there were themes about that in terms of like just kind of going at things or taking risks or 
dealing with white, what's right in front of you as opposed to the past or what you were searching for, you know, which I felt was a very nuanced theme in the film, but it didn't really pay off yeah. at the end. That's a great comment um, about, uh, I'll paraphrase as best I can, about Dory's um, challenge to stay in the moment um, because she's always worried about her memory um, and it being a theme about sort of accepting the life as is instead of the way you want it to be. Um, and it's, I think, very, and it's, it's, it's uh, counterbalanced by Marlin always, you know, being OCD and has to plan something and in control. And we see a little bit in Finding Nemo and Finding Dory of Marlin letting go, trying to have fun, trying to be less in the moment. Did you guys see that? Wait, reverberations of that theme in Dory? or The other thing I, I keep thinking is one of the 22 rules, and I don't have that, this one written down, mm -hmm. is about the themes. And it, it warns you not to get too obsessed with your theme and make sure you've got a solid story and tell the story really from the heart and make sure the story all comes together and the theme will bubble up to the top when you do that. And I, again, I just feel like they, they, they approach the story completely the opposite way. They approach it from the point of view of our, our theme is going to be all about, you know, the, these these folks who have these disadvantages and how they they overcome them and how they, and Dory in particular, about finding home and, and uh, just keep swimming. That was her thing. Just keep right. swimming. Just keep swimming. And just like if they stopped talking about all of that stuff for a second and actually constructed a story that really worked and really was much tighter... I think the theme would have been a lot clearer. Yeah. Um, any last questions? We're good. Thank you very much. Okay, we're going to do last comments. One up, one down, or no, summary comments. It's not up or down. Summary comments. Okay, since Alka went first last time. You yeah. Uh, uh, like I said, I was. Uh, I came out of this movie... Not feeling like I didn't like it. I think I feel like we've been very kind of harsh on, on the movie. And I, I didn't come out of it kind of as, as, as you were saying, Alka, about, oh, it was, it was I, I didn't feel that. But as I started analyzing it, as I started going through it, I was like, all of this stuff didn't fit. And it didn't fit together. And I started comparing it, as I said, to Zootopia, which I, I feel just surpasses it in so many ways. I wonder if, you know, John Lasseter's uh, uh, heralding of Disney now and the Disney animation has kind of left Pixar in this wasteland I, I of sequels. I think someone, Alka may have said it earlier, or you're, when you do a sequel, because you're doing in the sequel business, you're already at a huge disadvantage. Zootopia is the first film. New characters, new stories, establishing. All that is interesting, whereas we're at a complete disadvantage in a sequel where, we, you know, getting to know Dory and her quirks and and marlin and her quirks it's no it's it's been done so you, when you try to make the same movie yeah which is what you just can't do and again maybe that's a lesson that we need to take away as screenwriters is don't try if you are doing a sequel don't try to write the same make movie a different sequel. make a different movie just use the the the, the bright spots and build yeah. on those yeah. okay well i am convinced that pixar is a cult. <laughs> <laughs> and it With has their 22 rules for storytelling. Yeah, like, fuck which them. They, Excuse <laughs> me, but fuck them. <laughs> and like, uh, you know, it's Hoping like, I, if we can point out 
in every which way how they miss those roles. And I think Pixar is a studio. It's in the movie business. It's making sequels, just like ever every other schlocky. Cars two is and a we're, fail we're too. In the mid- we're, Cars two had a lot of these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're you know we're starting off the summer. We're like always so desperate for entertainment, you know. And it killed at the box office this weekend, right? It, and that's records. what's 136 million in the yeah. first yeah. weekend. Yeah. And Highest it's like grossing. it's so you know it's so depressing that we all went to see it. We you know and everybody else went to see it. And the message going back to Pixar is that they did well, you know, yeah. because that that bottom line message is mm-hmm. that people want to see. This kind this. of thing. Well, and I don't. I really don't. Yeah, that's. The, it sucked. Hollywood has been getting that feedback for years, right? And when you do sequels, you are hedging your risk, um, which is why you got to have Nemo and Marlin in it, right? And you know, it's 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 a studio. It's just yeah. a studio. It's but like we, sometimes you reasons? have more talented people working on things than others. Sometimes people are too prolific. Like this yeah. guy is making too much stuff. <laughs> you know, you can just see it. You can just feel that kind of you know the retreading. But as a studio, don't you you have to kind of have that balance of these things that are going to make tons of money, and then you'll have your gems like Inside Out and Up and. I mean, but that's the thing is like, don't sell Pixar to me. Well, like, it's anything you, you but know, that. Every, they're did doing the, the same the thing that everybody, but everybody but looks at them like it's this vaunted thing. Like, oh, it's Pixar. It's Pixar. It's, it's when I when I looked at the artists, studio. I thought they had a good model because Andrew Stanton is established and his screenwriter is Victoria Strauss. She's new. She's newer, and I thought maybe. It's a situation where they're doing a mentorship thing mm-hmm. where he's going to bring... Or she's going to go deeper. Yeah, she's going to go deeper, her own new ver- new story, and then Stanton, you know, brings, you know, what we need to bring to to helm a film. Um, but um, it didn't pay off, I don't think, here. My final comments or summary comment is I felt very similarly that I liked the movie, didn't love it. It failed, in a way, a lot of great films do in the second half of the second act it doesn't the the action does not keep rising it doesn't keep surprising us and it relied on uh you know tropes we've seen again and again for a third act and it didn't hold on to its heart that was the thing that pixar is so good at pulling the 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 heartstrings Mm. and and getting you in the end like toy story 3 like so like deeply pulling the heartstrings all the way through knowing what it's about knowing what the emotional challenge that they're addressing in this film is about and in that way that's how pixar uh uh threads the needle between the 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 kids audience and the adult audience because that's universal kids can understand that um you know losing your mom is a big problem but you know and and but we can we can overcome that um by by uh you know being tight-knit family and finding new people in our world kids and adults can relate to that and that's what for me made you know finding nemo i've always said was my favorite pixar movie because it was really so original and it got the heart so right it just felt like pound for pound the best and um dory uh didn't didn't deliver in the same way, but um, I, really, you know, I really like Destiny. I seriously, I want Dory and Destiny's high school reunion. Right. Like, I want that movie. But I also want to just 
something occurred to me and you know sometimes I do this where it's like I'll have an argument and then it's like hours later I'll think of my comeback but okay. it's not hours later it's like maybe <laughs> 20 minutes okay. later mm-hmm. and um, you were talking about uh, Dory actually being a partner for Marlon mm-hmm. that doesn't stand on this idea of her being an adult fish a grown up fish yes, yes. right because she's out looking for her parents still you know and there's a kind of ceiling to that the believability of that and why mm-hmm. that's important like that means you still need that guidance right because she's no partner they, they, to Marlon they got attached to the idea that Dory needed to find her parents and that was a hamstring you know she could have been an adult plenty of adults go looking for their the genealogy of their family, the history of their parents, the hometown, somebody who knew them. You could have had that is if we weren't so tied to the fact that she's looking for them actually and to be reunited with them. As, you know. But um, I think I want to thank you guys. Uh, <laughs> Alec Pollock, Alka Kushlani, Adorama, um, David Negrin. <laughs> thank you. Uh, Chewy, our tech, and our audience out there tonight. Um, thank our Patreon subscribers. You can follow the script on our Facebook page by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. Follow us on Twitter at Script Feed. You can support the script podcast at patreon.com slash the script. Good night. Thank you.